Into every generation, a pod is born. One cast in all the world, a chosen one. They alone will wield the strength to tell the difference between niche and normie across all pop culture worlds. This is Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Normies Like Us. Who are you? I'm Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. This is gonna be worth it. Where's the creep that turned me into a spider-eating man-bitch? Prince of Night, I summon you. Come fill me with your black, naughty evil. That's horrible. Oh, God, I wish I was dead. We will find them and cut out their hearts one by one until the first shows itself for what it really is. And I'll kill it myself. You heard it up top. We're about to talk vampires people rising from the dead faces changing into monsters super strength and the slayers that are coming after him because we're talking buffy the vampire slayer only on normies like us with your hosts hmm <laughs> call colin nander uh, okay uh joseph the bloody uh and this is uh jacob the Vampire Slayer. Um, okay. <laughs> I told you guys to just start thinking of names before we started recording, and I did not think for myself at all, uh, which is normally what happens. Me neither. And then he said your name and like stop talking. <laughs> Got a little confused. <laughs> Jacob the Vampire Slayer. Um, that's right. We're talking Buffy. Uh, what do you? So let's let's start with this. What are you guys is uh, you know history with this show, uh, Colin? Spooky season. We're talking a spooky show. We've been building up to this. That's right. You know, we've had so many off-pod conversations. I know your guys' histories. Mine, you know, I'm going to get a little detail-heavy up top here. And I, I swear to God, there this is a point that it is headed towards. Now, when I was a kid, there was a kid in my neighborhood. We rode the bus together, but we weren't close enough to be friends, you know, house at a distance, who was a young little boy of a twin who watched Buffy and it blew my mind because at that age, like let's say eight years old or whatever, boys didn't watch shows that starred girls. Right. And he was kind of like a progressive kid in that way. I remember him getting teased about it. And I wonder if that's the reason I never got into the show, but I'll, I'll say I, I watched an episode for this. I'm excited to talk about and Ooh. shocker. I watched the movie for the first time for this as well. Oh, so, wow. So maybe I'll drop in some of those facts as we talk it. Yeah, and we'll talk all about the history of the movie and how the show sp- kind of spun off from that. Uh, it's interesting you say that, though. For me, I did not watch this when I was a kid either. And I think it was something about it being named after a girl. As stupid as that sounds, like I think that was probably a 90s. big detractor from male uh you know adolescents tuning into that show because younger listeners wouldn't understand that jacob yeah but also uh for me you know i did start watching uh wb and what became the cw when i was maybe 10 but basically this show is just a little bit before my my time it started in 97 uh i would have been seven so but uh once it got to about 2000 that's when i started tuning in because i watched shows like smallville supernatural uh, I even watched the Gilmore Girls, which I tuned into that one. It's got girls in the title, so 
you know, make sense of All that. But. couldn't exist without Buffy, but we will get there. Joe, totally. tell us your history. Yeah, so Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, I was a, a, a WB kid, right? Like, that's where the Batman shows were. Birds of Prey oh, was yeah. on there on Thursday nights. Um, the thing with Buffy, beyond, like, yes, it, it was a girl, we were a little too young to watch it live from the beginning. So you're not going to like jump into like season four or five of Buffy, which is where we would have been. Um, I started watching the show because Joss Whedon was going to be making the Avengers movie, which we found out he had Mm. gotten the job. um, I think three or four years before the movie ended up coming out. And I had never seen anything Whedon. Uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to watch everything he's done to see if this is uh, the right guy for the job. I knew he had a lot of like nerd cred. So I started with Buffy and uh, it's a yearly watch for me now, man. I, I love the show. Wow. I can't wait to talk about it with all the wow. Scoobies. Yeah. So Scoobies. yeah, what you're saying there, uh, you're exactly right. Is a little bit before our time. I did start watching Smallville and that was like my favorite show when I was, you know, 10, 12 years old. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Buffy was on until about 2002, 2003. Uh, But of course, by that time, I was like, yeah, I I don't know what the show is. I think I watched some random episodes at the time. Fast forward to, uh, you know, the year 2021. Uh, We're in this little thing called a a pandemic. Uh, Maybe you've heard of it. Um, So I was at home and I was like, I need a new show to binge watch. Uh, I don't have really anything that I'm watching. This is April of 2021. So I was like, oh, you know what? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've never seen it before. It's on Amazon Prime. So I started watching it. And uh, that was back in April. And now, you know what? Six months later, I'm almost done with Buffy and its spinoff show, Angel. Wow. And and that's the other thing that you got to talk about. With Joe saying that it was running, you're not going to jump right in. There's a spinoff too called Angel. You're oh, seeing yeah. that, and you're like, "This yeah. is too much." Where I, I just can't even deal with any of that. But that's it's a lot. But it was perfect done. for what I needed because I needed a show that had a million episodes that I'd never seen before. So we got one person who's never seen it, one person who saw it for the first time this year, and one person who's uh, watched it uh, many times. Uh, so we got a very diverse uh, opinions and, here. And you guys say. My story with you watching it, Joe, too, you lived – I want to tell listeners this. You lived at the party house when we were in college. Uh, And if I was going over there to help set something up, maybe hang out beforehand, you had a workout bike you had just gotten. You would be pedaling away, sweating to death, watching all of Buffy. I remember you started watching that when you got that exercise bike, and that memory has stuck with me this whole time. I've never done a show that way. Yeah, no, that was like my (laughs) go-to thing. Mike plays video games Uh, that way. And it was like right around when, you know, we were like doing finals and a lot of studying, and we were in pre-production for a film at the time too. So it was like, yeah, Yeah. I would would just sit on that bike and pedal and watch this show. I I think I killed it in like three or four months, like the entire show. I'd be like, what's this one about? Uh, So these nerds have teamed up and the house is haunted. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the the thing is they got to exercise the party. I'm like, what Um, is this show? And I remember like my first introduction to anything was I was overnighting at Toys R Us and I would come home from work at like five in the morning 
and angel reruns would be running on TNT while I fell asleep. Mm. And it would be like, oh, he's a puppet. Or like, oh, they're singing in a bar. And be like, this show is insane. I'm never going to watch any of this. Like, it's impossible to catch up to where <laughs> right. wherever it is. Uh, Who's this green guy? But I'll tell you, they, they, they get you, man. Like, it starts someplace and it ends someplace else. And, and I, I love it. I can't wait to talk all about it. Totally. The way they expand the universe, the lore, um, they really fill out that world. Um, I say let's dive right in. Let's talk all things Buffy coming up on Normies Like Us. We're back. We're talking that bodacious blonde slayer that is Buffy Summers, Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Normies Like Us, and uh, Buffy has some interesting history. Let's put it that way. That's right. So, obviously, uh, there was originally a movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer with a script written by Joss Whedon, uh, and we'll talk about Joss Whedon a lot, but uh, he wrote the script. It was like a highly touted script. Then it got made. The director kind of had a differing opinion. They ended up, it ended up much more comedic than he wanted. He kind of wrote it as a dark uh, coming-of-age kind of story, kind of like how the show is. Uh, so he was very unhappy with the finished product. Uh, and then he's like, you know what? I want to basically remake that as a show uh, and got WB interested. And there you go. Right? Yeah. Have you guys seen it? Yeah. I have yeah, not. So, um, this was... I saw Buffy the Vampire Slayer the T or the movie before I realized like it had anything to do with the TV show. This was one sure. of those movies that would play over and over again on the Sci-Fi Channel uh, with like Leprechaun in Space was another one that they would do. It would just be like in a block with like the other six Starship Troopers that aren't the one good one, uh, and like they would play it over and over again, but. Obviously, it is is just different. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Um, Agreed. But I do think it's pretty fascinating. And obviously, we'll talk about him a lot. Like, Joss Whedon, now we know what he was like behind the scenes and how he's an awful person. But this, like, defined a generation. And I think it's really interesting that you have essentially kind of like the Sam Raimi treatment, right? Where you made something, but it wasn't exactly how you wanted it. So you just took the same idea and did it again. And then like, that was the direction you wanted to go and did other stuff right. in that universe moving forward. With like evil dead. Fascinating. For sure. Um, El Mariachi Desperado. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the soft reboot nature of it is just like something else to me. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause it might not be a bad movie, but it's just not what he originally envisioned. Um, so we have Christy Swanson playing Buffy. Uh, we have Donald Sutherland. Rutger Hauer is the bad vampire in it. Also, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman plays his. It's uh, like a rock and roll right hand man. Yeah. Jacob, the cast is it's wall insane, to right? Wall. So literally, where you're like and Luke Perry, man, this thing's fucking cooking. Luke Perry's here. David Arquette is his buddy in the movie. You're like, yeah. okay, this is interesting. Now, Jacob, at one point, they're at a basketball game. Okay, a vampire guy is pushing people around. The vampires do not look like they do in the show, by the way. They all have pointy ears all the time and crazy teeth they can't talk through. Sure. And Jacob. It's a Lost Boys parody, is what they were doing. That's fair. That's interesting, Joe. The basketball player pushes over another player. 
Ben Affleck, no lines. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Crazy cast. That's crazy. Oh, and it looks like Seth Green was in it as well, which is interesting because Seth Green, of course, was a character yeah. in the show. No relation um, to Oz. Yeah. Of course. But basically, you know, Buffy in the movie, she's very portrayed very differently. She's kind of more a vapid cheerleader. She's insufferable, in fact, Jacob. And yeah. In fact, most of the movie is about people not being able to put up with her. And mm. and I would have to ask right off the bat, is Buffy the Vampire Slayer a franchise where the title character is the weakest part of it, or, or is Buffy a cool character? Um, I wouldn't say that she's the worst character. Uh, I can certainly think of worse, worse characters on the show. Um, I, I like <laughs> Buffy a lot as she's portrayed in the show, but what's interesting is she starts out as the character from the movie, essentially, and then grows into to become who she is more in the show. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree with that, Joe? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Colin, you, you asked that question. My reply question would be like, do you like Cyclops as a character? Because uh, mm, if you totally, do, sure, fair. then yes. If not, then no. Like, yeah, it starts out as a cheerleader who makes jokes and talks like a valley girl, and it ends being like the story of an extremely broken person who just wants to oh die. My <laughs> oh my yeah, god! She goes through a lot in this show, um, and she has to be- basically be like the general by the end of it, leading the troops against the forces of darkness, and it's a lot of mm. pressure to put on one person. Uh, another interesting thing about the movie, so it was directed by Fran Rubel Kuzai and also produced by her and her husband, uh, Kaz Kuzai. Uh, so what's interesting is the show, they're credited as executive producers on both mm. this and Angel when they actually had nothing to do with the show at all, but they just, just got keep getting those uh, you know, Get residuals coming sweet, in. Sweet checks, yeah. Yeah, so they were pretty sad after that, but uh, I don't think Joss Whedon was too happy with them. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about a, a kind of even worse person now? Sarah Michelle Gellar, amazing. Love her. Mm-hmm. Christy Swanson. Here's the thing. Huge Trump supporter. Ooh. One of those ones where she posts the memes about how handsome he is and like like the full body muscle memes about oh, how like no. he's like oh, sexy and strong. You're like, what is going on, girl? Oh, Here's the boy. thing about Christy Swanson. I am not that familiar with her. I don't. I can't think of anything else she's done other than this movie. Well, so j- this movie and j- Joe saying uh, Valley Girl, the Nicolas Cage Valley Girl movie, very close to this as well. The other one I would say, and it's interesting that she also stars in it, Mannequin, the Mannequin franchise, where there's a weird bit of magic, but it's mostly about hanging out and being at the mall and talking to your friends. And you're like, that's what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is about? And you could see Joss Whedon being pissed about that. Yeah. It's it's interesting. You could see him being pissed about it. But at the same time, I think there are certain elements of that that are embraced in the show that I think it works better because they're embraced in the show. Like, there's a lot of one-off gags in the show that just hit right. That I think, like, if you're trying to make a dark coming-of-age story, would feel out of place. But they, they create this cast of characters and these, like, goofy scenarios. And somehow balance, like, uh-oh, this week Xander's split in two with, like... Right. But also, <laughs> she almost, like, you know, dies. Like, it's, it's crazy the yeah. way they balance those. Well, that's what's interesting about the show. So, basically, the demons and the monsters that she fights are generally 
different analogies for the demons of adolescence, growing up, high school. Uh, they're all very clever uh, metaphors, right? So it's about Buffy having to fight her own demons. And uh, getting into the show a little bit, so that started in 1997. Um, I see the show as two, basically two distinct eras, right? So you have, hmm. it went for seven seasons. Uh, the first three seasons, season one through three, is the high school years. And that's kind of much more campy, fun, uh, Monster of the Week type stuff. Uh, the second era from, I would say season four is kind of like the divider line between the two eras. And then five through seven, much more darker, much more mature, uh, you know, there's still humor, but it, it's it's kind of balanced out with a lot more seriousness, and uh, it goes way deeper into kind of Buffy's psyche and everything that she's dealing with. Um, Joe, would you agree with that assessment? Oh yeah, I would agree with that, and I think you could even like dumb it down further. Uh, I see the two eras as Monster of the Week and the Big Bad, which is you know, how the seasons are structured, especially if you look at like the first two seasons. I mean, when, when Jacob says they're allegories for things teenagers deal with, he's not kidding. I mean, there's literally like an episode where everyone like takes on the traits of animals because it's like a pack mentality. Yeah. That's a Uh, a hilarious anorexia demon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that really is like kind of what they're doing and it works. I mean, it kind of has like Spider-Man, Peter Parker vibes to it. Um, But then you hit a point where, and I think every show that is inspired by Buffy has also followed the same formula where once you're established and you had the monster of the week, uh, period where you get to know all the core characters, you go into the big bad period where right. you establish you get a villain. more serialized. Yeah. yeah. You establish a villain in the top of the season, you know, by the end of the season, that is who we're going to face off against. And everything in the rest of the season works towards that. Uh, even the monster of the week episodes still have the moments that you need to push the overall story forward. Totally. And I would say even further, like they kind of, once they establish the formula of the big bad, they kind of subvert it by like halfway through the season, the big bad is different than what you thought it was going to be. And there's kind of a twist to it. Uh, like, uh, you know, with the uh, season six with the nerds, which you mentioned earlier, Colin, uh, but the real big bad kind of turns out to be dark willow. Right. So we'll, we're going to get into spoilers a little bit too, by the way, if you guys haven't, you know, haven't seen this show, um, I would say go watch it because I don't want to spoil too much for you. But pop culture wise, Jacob, it feels like another one of these things where I have absorbed enough of that stuff from the background that I get it. I know pop or, you know, Dark uh, Willow. Right. You saying Oz the werewolf. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I've even seen kind of what he looks like wolfed out. Yeah. Um, Sp- I mean, you know, we'll talk about him, but Spike is transcendent to this franchise you know totally. there are I, I would i would say there are tumblers devoted to guys that look <laughs> like spike and i've got a little spike I, rant too for you which is i'm which really will be fun <laughs> i'm sure there's tumblers devoted to every single one of these characters um oh yeah but, you know, very like, much like, uh yeah if, if you're looking at the show like season one i think we can kind of like gloss over right it is hey there's buffy the vampire slayer uh she doesn't it was really a mid-season replacement vampire slayer 
Yeah, it was like 12 episodes, mid-season replacement. Like I said, when you look at the first season and then look Ooh. at like the last couple seasons, it's an entirely different show. And it was very Monster of the Week. It's still fun in a campy sort of way, but they're still kind of finding their feet. And I really think they found it with season two and three. You know, everyone, a lot of people argue what are the best seasons. Personally, I think season five is the best, but I think seasons two and three are kind of a close runner-up. And those are the best of the early era. Who Who's the big bad in five? So in so five, run, it's galore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could just, just run them all out, you know? So season right. one, Monster of the Week. Season two, we're introduced to... Well, season one, there's the big bad of the master, which is like this, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. he's kind of two-dimensional, episodes. bad That uh, sounds very watchable vampire. for Colin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the master, he's like this, this very old vampire... He kind of gets dealt with very quickly, and then they bring in, in season two, uh, the game changer, freaking Spike. Spike and Drusilla, originally. <laughs> uh, who, can, can I pause yeah. real quick? In the movie, Jacob, yeah. the, the watcher that she has gets replaced. She gets a, a second one, I guess. Mm. Is that canon to, to how the, the season or the, the first Nothing bit from of the movie is off? canon. Oh, okay. Except that she does um, have she, multiple watchers at different points, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically, nothing except kind of the origin is canon. Like, she... Basically, the same setup, but like he come, kind of comes up to her and is like, hey, you're the, the Slayer, and she like kind of Who, blows me? him off at first. Uh, and she mentions like burning down her gym at her old high school because uh, it was full of vampires or whatever. I think that might be in the movie or not. What? Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's soft reboot territory where it's like, That's it's almost awesome. like Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, where it's like, this is all familiar. Yeah. It's almost like it's happened before. Totally. Uh, but season two is really when I think they kind of found, figured out what kind of show it was. Uh, they had Angel in season one. Angel is the uh, obviously the vampire with a soul. Uh, probably a million tumblers devoted to him as well. There was kind of the the ship wars between you know Buffy Angel or oh God. Spuffy. I think they were called. <laughs> so uh, are you a Spike guy or an Angel guy or or I'm girl? I'm Spuffy. Um, well, it kind of they also the relationships also separate the eras. So the early season is the much more ah. innocent. Uh, Angel Buffy relationship. Then the later darker season is the toxically fucked up relationship between Spike and Buffy, which gets really crazy um, because Spike is a bad guy when he comes on the show. He is a vampire. They make it very clear: a vampire without a soul is, uh, you know, an inhuman monster. There's no good in them. He's a bad guy. Uh, over the sea, he, because he was so popular, they wanted to kill him off. Joss Whedon wanted to kill him off. Like after a couple episodes, he was so popular that they're like, "Oh, we got to keep him on the show. People love him." Joss Whedon was so mad, and I listened to uh, uh, James Marsden do an interview uh, with Michael Rosenbaum on his his podcast, uh, and he talked about it. Uh, Basically, Joss Whedon at one point grabbed him by the shirt and like pushed him up against the wall. He's like, "I don't care how popular popular you are, kid. I'm gonna kill you. There's nothing you can do about it." And he's just like, "Hey, man, what? It's your show." That, that was just the way this maniac, maniac would do it. Like he would just like, I control everything. I could kill you. And the joke of it is, yeah. like, that became the thing he was known for. And it went so far right. to his head that this guy thought he had like Thanos level power of like, you're. I'm just gonna snap you out of existence. Like Nabra, the the right. studio and the network. Yeah, the network it all. loves him. Yeah, yeah. and I no, mean, he's like, the so, god so writer. Far, like, like when you see Spike in his first appearance, it's all black 
everything, you know, a black leather yeah. jacket. By the end of it, he's wearing like baby blue, uh, you know, shirts underneath yeah. that are like skin tight that show what? off that body. So Spike's I mean, like, transformation, they, they he basically goes, he goes from serious villain, big bad to comedy relief to love interest <laughs> to like anti-hero by the Flander end of it. Uh, to second lead by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes we over to Angel. So yeah, it's like they couldn't get rid of him because he was supposed to be kind of a one-off uh, vampire that's out to kill Buffy, but they, you know, the audience loved him. And then later they had this whole relationship, which we'll get into, but Joss Whedon, a lot of a lot of plot lines and things in this are colored in a very different light, knowing what we know about Joss Whedon. I think that's very interesting. Um, so that's you know, season two we get Spike and Drusilla. I, I also love Drusilla. She's an awesome character too. Um, she's kind of like a crazy vampire. Like she's not she right made in the head. Spike and Angel is that correct? No, she um, made Spike. Um, yes. So so Darla made Angel. Angel made. Uh, Drusilla, and then Drusilla made Spike. So they're kind of like oh. a big, fucked-up family. Amazing. Quick question. A yeah. normie question. Joss Whedon vampire rules. Pretty tradish? Pretty tradish. They can't go in sunlight. Um, you know, the way to kill them Crosses. is a stake through the heart or fire. Um, I don't think they ever talk about garlic, but that might be a thing. <laughs> Garlic's the one thing enter? that I don't remember, but, uh, you know, yeah. decapitation, fire, uninvited, fire they can't stake. enter unless they're invited. Interesting. Um, which yeah. is, and like, there's magic to revoke invitations because obviously when Angel, so, okay, so season two, you got Priscilla yeah. and Spike. And then by season three, you're introduced to um, the, the idea of the mayor is, wants to take over this town and he's like, a demon and you start to kind of get into this oh this town is on a hell mouth and that means that all of these other demonic things beyond vampires all these other types of mm. creatures are kind of drawn yeah. to this place uh and this place exactly. is, is a place you want to come if you're a bad guy basically it's like palm springs for for demonic entities <laughs> yeah and in um, fact the, the hell mouth the high school is built on top of the Hellmouth. That's why all this weird oh, stuff happens at the high school. So it all kind of centers around that. So Buffy's really in the perfect place that a Slayer needs to be to fight evil. Um, but I want to talk a little about the Angel Buffy arc, which I think is a great arc, actually. So basically, Angel's ultimate irony. He's the he's he was as a vampire. He was like one of the most bloodthirsty, violent uh, vampires ever. He did yeah, a bunch sucking of on fucked babies. up shit. He's, he's doing all the bad guy stuff, you know? Whoa. Yeah. And we get a bunch of flashbacks to him doing a, a bad Irish accent, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> and the more I'm you watch Angel, honest. the more you get. Yeah. Yeah. Let's eat these potatoes, you vampire. <laughs> Jacob, his name Angelus. is uh, Angelus. So good wow. guy, so Angel. Bad guy, Angelus. That's right. Because he's the Whatever one with the angel is. face. But no. about a hundred years oh. prior to the show, he's cursed by a Romani family because he did some some bad stuff, and so he gets this gypsy curse. Which I'm pretty sure gypsy is a slur now, but they say it a lot in the show. I so. was proud of yes. you saying Romani. I nodded. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the side villains in the early seasons is the descendant of that family who's like come to yeah, my Jenny Calendar are going my poorly for uh, so him. This I would say that is the big addition to vampire lore. The soul stuff that Joss Whedon has put in us. That's a pretty yeah. original take. So in this world, when you get 
bit by a vampire. Basically, you your body is infested or taken over by a demon. And uh, so all basically all your humanity leaves. But if you can get yeah. your soul restored, then you become a vampire with a soul. Um, so basically your soul, when you don't have a soul, you don't feel any remorse about the bad things you're doing. So Shame. Angel is cursed and he gets his soul back and he just feels all this guilt about all the horrible stuff he did for hundreds of years. Uh, and, and he, he decides to like fight all evil. the time after that, like just being sad about it. And like brooding, yeah, he's like a real Batman. sad boy. <laughs> so you, you see in Angel flashbacks to you know time periods in the '60s and the '80s, and you know all of his history of him just being like sad and brooding and eating oh rats God. because obviously he's not going to drink people. But the ultimate irony is if he experiences one moment of true happiness, one moment of bliss. Uh, yes. Bliss, you know, like an explosion, if you so will. So think about that for uh, a second, Colin. <laughs> yeah. So him and him and Buffy start dating, and inevitably what happens is they have sex, right? And oh my so God. basically this one true happy moment of bliss that he has with Buffy turns him evil, and he becomes Angelus, and he becomes kind of the big bad. He teams up with Spike and Drusilla, his old comrades, and they wreak uh, Rampage in season two. This and- fucking pedophile's one moment of bliss, fucking 85 years old, he fucking busts in a 16-year-old, and his soul disappears. <laughs> That's a thing, too. And yeah. also, Buffy it just is. basically is only attracted to much older men in the form of vampires. But, Interesting. Um, and everyone she dates is older than her, except for the one guy she dates in season four Riley. for like two episodes. No, Riley yeah, is worst. a PA who oh. has graduated when That's she true, is yeah. a freshman in college. Uh, mm. The guy before Riley is a senior when she's a freshman. The one guy who she dates the guy who's that, just like yeah. in high school while she's in high school after a couple dates is like, I'm sorry, Buffy. Like, I can't do this. Like, you're just too intense all the time. I just, I, I thought I wanted yeah. this, but it's not going to work. <laughs> and like, she's bummed out about it. It's always cold. It's always Yeah, all of her major relationships, eventually we find out their connection to the like evil fighting community uh, because Riley, we find out, is working for uh, the, what was it called? The, the, organization, the organization, whatever the shield replacement is. Um, it had a name, but I'm totally blanking yeah. on it right now. So, it's not, it's so not the season, best. Yeah, so, so season three, the mayor is here, right? And this is uh, Buffy's senior year of high school. So it ends with graduation day, right? Where the mayor is the big bad, got to take care of the big bad. Does a ritual and sacrifice. They're not in high school and, anymore. Um, but yeah, we haven't but, even talked about sort of the people in her life, right? So it's not just oh, right. Buffy doing all these things. And that's what I think... I immediately recognize that like, okay, Joss Whedon's the right person to do an Avengers movie because it is entirely an ensemble cast, right? So you have Buffy who has superpowers straight up. They call her a superhero multiple times. She's, she can heal fast. She's super fast. She's super strong. Um, She has like heightened senses. It is like a superpower being the Slayer. Yeah. You have Willow, her smart, tech-savvy witch friend, who is her best friend. Basically, Hermione. 
<laughs> and like, can hack into she can hack into this yeah, city's before files she was, to uh, figure out where missing people are and things like that. Sure. Yeah, before she was a witch, she was just like the the best student at high school and like a nerd and like really into computers. And then she gets more and more into magic, which becomes a plot line later. Uh, then, of course, we have Xander, the guy best friend, who um, personally, I'm not a huge fan of Xander. After a stint <laughs> where he's in love with her, which is of like, of course, what you got to do, right? Uh, settles yeah. into being the funny best friend uh, who one Halloween... Um, when everyone is turned into their costume and he is dressed as a dude in the military, learns everything instantaneously to be the most brilliant, like strategic uh, military mind, right? And he yeah. keeps that information. That's so helpful. moving forward, it's all this they military. Need to build, a pipe bomb or they need to like figure out how to infiltrate a building. He's the guy oh, you man. go to for that information. I would love to write a TV show guys. <laughs> well, here's my problem so with all with of these Xander. people have their, their own powers and their own things that they bring to the team. Ray got him. Jacob. My only problem with Xander. Okay. He's not my favorite character because first of all, he's the guy. He doesn't get to do really anything cool. He doesn't get superpowers. I guess he gets that military knowledge, but he's just kind of like the one normal person in the group who's just like the wisecracking guy who's like, yeah, come on, we're going to do stuff. I'm not a huge fan of him, but then I realized, and once I realized this, it kind of put it all together. Xander is the Joss Whedon uh, character. Like he's the, he's the self uh, insert character for Joss Whedon. And uh, once you realize that it all makes sense, he's the wisecracking nerd who thinks he's kind of above everyone else. Um, he also has a, like a weird, weird thing where every like hot, big, bad monster of the week uh, girl like is in love with him. So he keeps like like he. Um, there's one episode where his teacher is a praying mantis, and she's like the hot teacher. Uh, <laughs> She's like a giant praying mantis. (laughs) Xander Um, is also a product of the 90s. He is a nice guy. Very much so, yeah. I mean, he is like... Wow. Again, you see a lot of Joss Whedon's uh, psychology in this show. And basically anyone that Joss Whedon would want to date or, you know, have relationship with, uh, he gets gets written as Xander, you know, having a relationship with. But anyways, um, so we have Xander and Willow, the the best friends... I want to we stay on have- Xander for a second. Um, yeah. Because I just, I, I like, there's so much to talk about. Since we brought him up, I have to bring this up. Starts as like the nerd, right? Uh, loser. Uh, dates the most popular girl in high school. Almost marries a demon. Loses an eye. Uh, becomes a watcher. Like he has the craziest stuff. But my oh, favorite, interesting. That's a good um, ending. My favorite story for him is an episode called The Zeppo, uh, which mm. is yeah. the premise is that the B-plot of the episode is a it's season finale. He's d- it is the world's about to end. Angel is back in town to help Buffy defeat this villain who's, like, coming out of the ground and has, like, Cthulhu tentacles. Willow's got to do this big spell. Uh, you know, Giles <gasps> is talking to the demons, and there's, like, fire and stuff. This is all happening in the background. The A-plot right. is Xander gets a car... And uh, ends up with a group of zombies who want to build a bomb and blow up the hardware store. And he has to stop them from doing that. But he can't ask anybody for help because the the B-plot is going on. Yeah. 
that's a hilarious episode. I will say Xander that's does get silly. better over time. He starts out pretty bad though, and there's the the love triangle between the three main characters for a while, which is a thing where Willow is in love with Xander, Xander's in love with Buffy, Buffy's in love with Angel, blah blah blah. Um, it, it was Dawson's Creek, but with vampires. Like that's really yeah, the vibe you were getting. It was nine oh two one oh, but with vampires. Is it is it worth mentioning? Uh, we should talk about the actors a little bit, but his in particular, who, whose name I unfortunately Nicholas don't know. Brendan. I know he's had he's had some issues, some, issues. some substance yeah, abuse. Issues is the word we're going to use. Unfortunately, so. he's had a lot of substance abuse issues. Basically, immediately after the end of Buffy, starting with that, and then. <laughs> To, to present day, he's still having issues. In right? anything yeah. else, yeah, a lot of these people just kind of seem famous so much. Like, yeah. yeah, really. Allison uh, Hannigan is probably the most the, successful yeah, of them easily. all, uh, having done uh, many things. You know, How I Met Your Mother, of course. Uh, I, the thing about Sarah, Buffy, though, like the one-offs are ridiculous. Pedro Pascal has a scene in Buffy. Nathan Fillion plays the right hand to the big bad in the final season. Yeah, uh, you know, every Everybody is in this for a little bit of a time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, Xander, I, I think he's the one where he didn't do anything. He didn't go to Angel as a spinoff. Um, interestingly, he's a twin and his twin... Uh, played a split version of him in one of the right. episodes. Um, cool. Yeah, he's the one. Yeah, he's like, had a lot of incidents. Um, I also want to mention some of the supporting characters from the early season. So we have Cordelia Chase, the popular, most popular girl in school, uh, played by Charisma Carpenter, who's basically uh, Buffy from the movie. But she, and this is a right. recurring theme, a lot of characters will come back on Angel and get like a whole arc that makes them in a completely different character. Uh, Cordelia is like the main one. She becomes like a really different character in Angel. Uh, she becomes essentially an oracle. Like she, she's like she the willow yeah. of that show. And, and not necessarily. Um, I like like really like an oracle. Like she can see when people yeah. are in trouble, and she sends mm. the hero to go save them. Also, and she, she basically just becomes the, a good person. The, like she starts as a yeah. shallow bad person and becomes a good person. She was <laughs> the biggest California. of the uh, Joss Whedon whistleblowers here a few months ago. Like right. She was the one who was like, "Hey, he was awful to me so much so that she was written out of the show when she was pregnant." Yeah, it's really shitty how they stop having kids. Wrote yeah, her out of the show. Basically, she was getting older. She's she was already old, much older than her character uh, when she started. Like she was like almost 30 playing a high schooler uh, in the first season, but went in to play um, Buffy. Like that's what she was. Wow. Yeah. For. She was the number one contender for Buffy and ended up Cordy. That's so cool. But the way they write, wrote our angel is just really, really disrespectful. Um, basically she had a kid and then uh, they're like, Oh, sorry, we don't want you in the show anymore. Uh, and they kill her off. But beep, beep, uh, beep. Yeah. another one we have, of course, uh, Seth green as uh Oz, who is Oz. Willow's first boyfriend and also a vampire, or not a vampire, but a werewolf. werewolf. Austin Powers at this point, do we know? Uh, Probably not. He I think he was done, doing it concurrently. He had done the with first some of the seasons. One. Um, yeah, and I mean, then that gets, was his, other than that, it's like rallies commercials. Yeah, and then he gets written out. Um, he gets written nah. out because Seth Green didn't like was still interested in doing the show, but he just felt like his character had nowhere to go and they weren't doing anything with him. So he's like, well, if you're not going to do with any, any, anything with me, just write me out. And he has a whole thing where he goes off to find himself and become a better werewolf or whatever. A, <laughs> a, a werewolf who can control it, who doesn't change yeah. when it's a full moon. 
Um, and the, the you guys like how he looks. Yeah, he's fine. It's, yeah, it's all right. It's not like I wish it was more like I like my werewolves like Big Wolf on campus or Teen Wolf, <laughs> where like they're still pretty humanoid. This is more it's like just a, additive. Yeah, no, this is. I mean, he's pretty. Well, it's really funny like because a, the first in an ape suit, basically on all. Four yeah, his first down. episode. He has like a really fake looking wolf head, but then every episode after that, it's just like <laughs> they just put hair on him and like did some makeup on his face, and he just uh, looks like a hairy guy. Uh, the only time you really see him clearly is. is when they do like the "ooh, he's mid transformation," and then after that, he's usually like bouncing around so much. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the character was Willow's love interest, um, and then. Uh, you know, has a, a sexual encounter with another werewolf. Cause when you get to college, sometimes relationships get messy. Uh, that's right. And, and Willow has her own himself. encounters, which we'll talk about, but that was kind of the early, the first incarnation of the Scooby gang, Buffy, Willow, Xander, uh, one through Oz, three and Cordelia, who's kind of like an on again, off again, friend, uh, bully rival kind of yeah. character. And then you have and Rupert on, tell Giles. Me stuffy British. I was about to say, tell yeah, me, Rupert, tell Rupert me. Giles, Watcher. the watcher who the is watcher. The one who's like, okay, come to the library and I'll tell you who the monster is this week. And I'll tell you how to defeat the monster this week. Old neutered, you know, no. weird old man who stocks the library. <laughs> who, oh, okay. Anthony Stewart. Hey boy. I, if, if, if they were going to do anything badass. live action show in the Buffy verse, like redo it give me a giles prequel uh so when yes. he was a, when he was a young bad boy uh rupert giles was known He's as into the, the dark ripper. magics uh <laughs> what yeah he was the ripper that in ripper. london who would like go around doing dark magic and then eventually was like caught by the watchers council who is this stuffy old organization that knows all the secrets of the world and he is trained as a watcher but when needed That's right. like, he still breaks out magic like when dark willow happens he's the one who like battles her yeah. with magic no he's a dope character and actually like he's one of my favorites and all giles centric episodes are usually pretty good and there's one in particular Amazing. called band candy where they get this candy that's sold by the band at the high school all the adults who eat it it turns them into children basically like they don't physically transform but mentally they're children they so act like, like teenagers it. so he's like yeah. smoking cigarettes and throwing things so buffy's mom cool. eats it and then him and buffy's mom have like a, a thing because they're both like teenagers they're like both rebellious and everything it's hilarious um but yeah the ripper great stuff no. um, so he's a great character um, donald sutherland i hate to throw it to the movie again i know probably not can at all he is effectively immortal he is a reincarnated person who is always the Watcher. No, no Giles is just a normal Donald guy. Uh, there's a okay. whole organization called the Watchers Council, which like trains people to be Watchers. Or like very British folks. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very like it's very Marvel comics. Like I could definitely see. Yeah. It. Again, like while I was watching it, thinking like, okay, this guy's gonna make a great comic book movie because it is such a comic book universe. Um, like the Watchers Council is essentially like a secondary villain always. They don't like the way Buffy does things. These Americans Oh yeah, are there's a great arc where too different. Yeah, Buffy kind of realizes over time that she's actually way more powerful than them and that they should be listening mm. to her and so she kind of has this great speech in one episode Ooh, one episode through the patriarchy. Yeah, totally. Exactly, yeah. Um which again, seeing a lot of things in a new light with, you know, Joss Whedon, but it's hilarious how, you know, 
definitely the show has a lot of feminist themes, which are very interesting, uh, but it's all colored very differently. Here's an issue. When this stuff first started coming out about him, he hit the patented excuse that somebody in this position would. How could I be against women? I have brought so much to them. Look at the strong female characters I've created. Dollhouse, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, all this garbage and bullshit. (laughs) Unfair. Not categorically any kind of defense any sane person would use. But it is important to show that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, from what I've been exposed to, does seem incredibly feminist, like you guys are saying. Is the Slayer always a woman? In the movie, they yeah. show you the previous incarnation was. It always and is. You've talked about a, it's uh, always a, a, woman, a teenage girl. girl before. Yeah. It's always a teenage girl. That's yeah. so cool. And basically, when one dies, because they usually don't last that long, like they usually like die in their early 20s or something. When one dies, another is called forth. So like so they the, get like activated, so, you know, like when one yeah, dies, the, the, the next one's powers will turn on. Which they wake, they hear that speech that Joe said at the beginning, that old man's <laughs> voice. Uh, uh, Slayer was called. Yeah, <laughs> which which leads me to uh, another character I would you want to mention in season three. So at the end of season one, the season one finale, Buffy dies for like a couple minutes because she drowns, but then she comes back to life. Uh, and so that's kind of a loophole. So basically, because she mm. died, another uh, Slayer is called, and that is... Well, there's originally uh, another one that I'm forgetting her name, but in season three, she dies. Uh, and then in season three, it is Faith, played by Eliza Dushku, who is kind of the alter ego of Buffy in a lot of ways. Like, she's kind of like, they're two sides of the same coin. Uh, but yeah. what's great about season three, so the big bad is the mayor. He's like this, seems like a really nice guy on the outside. He's the mayor of Sunnydale, but he's actually into like, ritual sacrifice and demon worship and he on graduation day he's going to turn into a giant monster and start killing everybody that's his plan but he kind Scooby of Scooby Dooby Doo Scooby yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, the plan. but then we have Faith the other Slayer coming into town and she's kind of very impulsive uh, doesn't listen to like her authority figures and it's kind of a bad influence on Buffy eventually they're having fun doing whatever eventually Faith accidentally kills a human that she thought was a vampire. And from there, there's a dark a turn. Just oh stakes a dude in the heart. And he doesn't he dies. turn into dust. He's just like, oh no, my heart. And, and Faith she's immediately like, like, well, I don't give a shit. Yeah, she doesn't give a like, shit. No, she that's like... She just, there's no concept of consequence to her. Like, she takes the like, well, I'm a superhero. She, yeah. She's the boy's I can do whatever version I want. of, uh, you know, she's the slayer. The, yeah, and she's the Magneto to Buffy's Professor X, if you want to think about it in those terms. Um, so Buffy's like, okay, that's fucked up. You got to like atone for that. And Faith's like, no, you can't tell me what to do. She basically does a heel turn, becomes evil, and starts working for the mayor, who they kind of develop a father-daughter relationship, which is very interesting. Turns out... He's like her watcher. Yeah, and Faith is the actual big bad, I would argue, of that season, because mm. she becomes much more of a threat to Buffy, and they have like this big climactic one-on-one fight. Uh, Faith it's, goes it's, through a bunch of shit. They yeah. all kind of have the same theme right like if you look at the first one first one's the only one that doesn't but the second one you have spike but really it's angel uh third one you have the mayor but really it's faith then you have glory but really it's that other guy in town who like does it at the end like there's always the physical threat and then the metaphorical threat 
that's why you know I I'm a f- big fan of kind of Joss Whedon's writing, not the uh, pop culture references and that kind of thing, but just these swerves because you know you think the seasons go on one way and then they'll throw a swerve at you, and that even happens in episodes like Monster of the Week episodes. I remember there's an early episode about like a, a possessed uh, puppet like a ventriloquist puppet and they think like oh it's like possessed it's like an evil puppet the swerve of the episode though is that actually it's like a demon hunter trapped inside the puppet who's like trying to kill these demons they have to team up with this animated puppet which is hilarious oh my god Um, there's always like these left turns even within episodes all right so perfect caveat point i want to say because we've we've mentioned it briefly but let's structurally say there is a reason Every TV show on the planet does this formula. Now, Buffy lasted, you guys said, seven seasons. Mm-hmm. It eventually yeah. gets like a comic book, all that stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about Like six more seasons in the comic books, yeah. And But the popularity slash, you know, cultural overtaking is kind of what I've mentioned of. I know some stuff. Totally. I know some people who watched it. It even seems like those people who watched it at the time were embarrassed. You know, kind of the Star Trek thing, okay? Yeah. But... When you, when Jacob, when you say to me off pod about like, well, you know, there could be no Twilight if there wasn't an angel and a spike. Like, you're not kidding when you say that. No, that tr- is a very true point. Totally. They're the original Edward and Bella. And I think I mentioned this to you like, every WBCW show to come after this is kind of indebted to Buffy in some way. Smallville, when the I Flash, watch, all Jacob, those. When yeah, I watch Legends of Tomorrow, Supernatural, come on, Joe. When I watch Legends of Tomorrow, and it's villain of the week, yeah. overarching big bad, 100%. a group of people accomplishing a goal, one of them is a peroxide blonde British guy <laughs> who's like a jerk, one of them's a snarky lesbian. I'm not kidding. It is to the point where <laughs> yeah. I'm – the normies, what you need to understand is the people who create your content now – were the people watching this dumb shit back in the day and going like, I love Buffy so much, you know, I can't tell anybody about it, but I would love to be, you know, writing on Vampire Diaries one day. Right. It, it's Which is just silly that, you know, people... Mother, right? Like, it's, it's here's yes. the formula, here it goes to the next generation. Totally. In every generation, and, and, there can be only one. <laughs> the entire and Arrowverse is 100% uh, in debt. Like, all yes. I was thinking when I was watching the show is like, The Flash is so much like this show. Um, it's just superheroes instead of the Slayer, which is, like you said, basically a superhero. She's referred um, to as a superhero. That's the other thing I love about the writing. Like, if you take away the pop culture references, the meta is still there. Like, Big Bad is not a term that I'm just throwing around because that's what it's called. Like, no. that's they, they call the Big Bad the they Big Bad. Like, that. yeah. the they invented that, yeah. The Scooby say. Gang, they reference yeah. that in the show. They start calling it the Scooby Gang within the show. They call her a superhero in the show. Like, they don't shy away from it. They know what they are, and they wear it proudly, which is why I think some of the gag episodes work so well, like the Zeppo, I was saying. Like, I think that works so well, because you can get away with them. You can establish a style and a tone. We've talked up to three. 
Let's jump into season four because let's do an actual episode analysis, guys. This is where I watched one right before we started recording. Oh, okay. Now, I'm wearing my uh, How Did This Get Made t-shirt. A million years ago, when Jacob introduced me to podcasts and said, you got to listen to a podcast, there's this thing called How Did This Get Made about bad movies. I was like, oh, that's cool. Both those guys, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukas, would say in the background of the episodes, you know, I used to be so embarrassed to watch Buffy growing up, but I would love to do a Buffy podcast now. Can you imagine if we got to do one on Hush? And that was the first time... I heard that. Okay. Then you guys start watching the show, and it becomes so apparent that there are not not just top-tier episodes of Buffy, but what I would say you guys would describe as must-watch television, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. An um, Emmy Award-winning episode you're talking about. This is not like, yeah. you know. So, yeah, Hush is generally considered one of, if not the best episode of Buffy. I hit the Google. Yeah. I said, what's the best Buffy? It's number one came up. I said, I want to do my research. Three, right? I think like, the body was number list. two. The body is okay. another yeah, one. And, one. and uh, so there's Hush and there's another one with, with the monsters had like a weird kid. Oh, the musical one. Uh, that's yeah, of once course more considered feeling. one of the best. Yeah, yeah. which kind Those of creates the, the genre right? of a musical episode of TV, right? Oh, right. which so is when Hush, done incredibly. But let's let's go back. Let's talk about Hush. What a great episode! And what a great way so, to talk about this yeah. entire season because it hits all of the points of what we're saying. It is a standalone episode, but you learn stuff that has been building up to the entire episode or the entire season and has ramifications for the rest of the universe moving forward. I have questions about that. And Jacob, I almost wonder the way that you said season four, there's the ley line of where it kind of switches over. It's this the is transition season. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I wonder if Hush is the one where it's like, this is a serious show now because it from is. what I saw, it kind of is. Totally. Oh and I God. also think it's a standout episode in a kind of weak season overall. But, um, okay. Season four is the transition. She's going to college. Uh, I think season five is better, but basically one through three, high school years, campy, fun, you know, growing pains, adolescence. Four to seven, she's going to college now. Then she kind of drops out of college and just kind of post-college life. And it's much more darker, much more existential. She's going to college. The rest of the time, she's a working class adult. Like... Just to get a job at a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Also interesting. Uh, Yeah. So let's talk about about, uh, let's talk about Hush. In universe, we are at a point where Buffy is going to college. Uh, So the Scooby Gang has changed now. Xander, who didn't go to college, is kind of a townie. He's a bartender. He's a carpenter. He's doing whatever he can to get by. He's a working class man. He's left. He lives in Los Angeles now. He'll come back for very rare occasions. Not everything. So he's gone. Uh, Anya has now joined the Scooby gang. She was a demon. Now she's not a demon. Uh, She is in a relationship with Xander. Willow is exploring her sexuality and uh, is no longer with Oz because Oz has left. Yeah, so Willow... Okay, first I want to get back to Anya, but Willow literally goes to college and becomes a lesbian or was always a lesbian. I don't know. It's very weird. It's a very 90s to 2000s thing. She should just be bisexual, right? But they couldn't call her bisexual because it was just the time. So she's fully just a lesbian now. Um, It's hinted at. But even that was so progressive. Yeah. In earlier yeah, episodes, yeah. Uh, they, they when go you see to the, a, the evil Willow from an alternate universe, universe yeah, which is the episode universe. that Anya 
is introduced, is introduced in, in because yeah. Anya oh, was originally a one-off demon who is a vengeance demon it, who yeah, who grants wish wishes. Demon, she's like an evil wish granter. She's the monk master. Sure. Yeah, so Cordelia in that episode wishes that Buffy never came to Sunnydale. Then we get this alternate universe where vampires are in control of the town and all this stuff. Mm. And Xander and Willow have been turned into vampires, so they're evil. And uh, it's it's a great episode. If you're, if you're just going that for good episodes, check that one out for sure. I so, wondered if they ever played with changing our main cast, since that's did. kind of like the loaded gun of a vampire show. Yeah. And in, uh, in that episode, when in another episode where we see characters from that universe, uh, our Willow interacts with that Willow. And at the end of it, she says, I think I'm a little gay in that universe. Flash forward yeah. two God. seasons where, you know, she does come out and, and she's literally like, like, like an S&M Daniel vampire in the, in the alternate <laughs> universe, but definitely it, check it's out. It's just alternate like one. Star Trek where in the mirror universe, you're just kinky. Yes. And mirrors. Like, that is yes. like, mirror, mirror. And that episode ends with basically everyone dying, but then it doesn't matter because they go back to the regular universe. Uh, but that's definitely one to check out. If you're not going to watch all of them, just want to hit the best ones. That's a good one for sure. Them. But hush. So we so, flash forward. Yeah. We're back at hush. Yeah. You know who the Scoobies are. Uh, and oh, last detail here, Giles, who was the watcher, he's the one you'd come to for all the information. He was the librarian at the high school. High school blew up, man. They're at college now. He's not their their dad anymore. So he's kind of Good. trying to figure out where he fits in this universe now. Um, totally. But the gentlemen come to town, right? These these the demons who who steal the town's voice, and it is a, a pandemic. Everyone has to quarantine. There are Joe, uh, Joe, and they have to learn as to a guy who just watched this. Cut to a news report. We're hearing that Sunnyvale has come under a pandemic of laryngitis. They've been quarantined. Some people are saying it's a hoax and that they refuse to believe what's going on. I'm watching this. I'm like, hold on, pause. What oh, fucking no. year is this? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And they steal your voice so that you can't scream when they cut your heart out. And they need ah. to collect seven hearts, blah, blah, blah. It's the best Monster of the Week episode in, in Buffy overall, I think. It's, so it plays like this, a fairy tale. Uh, yeah. It's so cool. It plays like a fairy tale. And in this Monster of the Week episode, this standalone episode that Colin, you liked it, right? Did you did you enjoy this episode? I liked it a lot. I, I would say Halloween spooky season that we're in. If you just want to watch something cool, throw this on. It's like a movie. Okay. Definitely. So here, and there's are also the, whole, uh, yeah. here are all the ramifications of this episode, right? Um, this entire season, Buffy has had an interest in a boy. And the boy is Riley Finn. Riley Finn is handsome a college boy agent. Joe. Handsome college boy Joe at the fraternity wakes up, doesn't have a voice. Goes down to the other bros. They all kind of signal each other we don't have a voice. Yeah, time Roll to go to the back cave. Pull down a beer stein or something, and a motherfucking white military base up and stuff. I'm like, who is this motherfucker? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he has a secret, and she has a secret. They are seeing each other, and neither one knows who the other one really is. She's the Slayer. He is the uh, top agent of Rambo. This, this secret, you know, monster hunter facility. The agency. Uh, I swear, yeah. it was something. The agency. 
I don't know what it is. Um, the initiative. I think it's S. The initiative. I dot E dot L dot. So, and the the big bad of the season was originally supposed to be the scientist lady who leads the initiative, who's kind of has ulterior motives. We find out she that actress had to go do something else, and there's scheduling conflicts that kill her off. The big bad ends up being Adam, who's like this Frankenstein monster. Yeah. Uh, that, that was created by the initiative. He's just put together by the initiative. But again, great, great version of the curve. Uh, but cut back to Hush. In this episode, um, that information has not been shared. They do not know who the other one is. They come face to face with each other in a battle. It's revealed in that moment that, oh, you are not who I thought you were. Uh, in, in this episode, also, um, Anya Tara. and Xander's relationship is confirmed. So they had previously just been fucking. He didn't want to say that they yeah. were boyfriend, girlfriend. She wanted to be more, but didn't know how to articulate because she hasn't been a human very long. Uh, they confirmed that they love each other. Uh, Willow also comes out as a witch and metaphorically, er, metaphorically as a witch, but literally as a lesbian and, and meets her love interest, uh, who is also a witch. So all three of those yeah. big magic reveals, by holding hands. Yeah, Joe. big character changes happen in this episode. I want to get to Willow's magic silence. too. Yeah, it's got great score because they just had to, you know, had to have this whole score written because it's it's like Clever basically writing. a silent movie for like most of the episode, which is very you know experimental for for network TV like this. So great episode, uh, definitely a all time top three. Buffy yeah. episode. But just again, to remind everyone again, alone, all of those reveals, all of those things that, that push the story. So we get the forward. serialized, yeah, mixed in with the monster of the week. That's what's really good. But just the nineties of it all, Jacob, like you just said, interesting for that time. Let's say, you know, no TiVo, no, no streaming, no switched on. Let's say you didn't have a tape. Let's say your dad took that tape out, even though you're supposed to be allowed to tape Buffy weekly, dad. Right comes on you you miss it because you're at soccer practice halfway through the whole episode's fucking silent you're just sitting there the whole time going like what is this this is fascinating sure yeah um yeah that's a great episode the monster design uh super well done and uh just all around you know good stuff on that one Perfect episode it's the to watch, guy. It's it's the the guy. It's the the Hellboy guy. The the guy from Star Trek. Yes, you know it's Doug the Jones. body actor guy. Doug I Jones. I forgot yes. to mention that the Doug Jones is the main gentleman. The gentleman. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, super cool. Um, so let's talk a little more about season four going into season five, six, and seven. Yeah, so, and you're saying five is the best, so it gets better from this. I think so season five is the best. There's there's a lot of disagreement within the fan community let's say but uh season five i think is the best single season as a whole yeah, I, uh, sure. for me anyways I, they all have like such pros and cons to me but uh the totally. big takeaways from season four is our group has changed the relationships have changed everyone's growing up and spike was kidnapped by the initiative and they put a chip in his head and that chip keeps him from hurting human beings he can hurt yes. other things but not human beings. He can fight demons, yeah. But he gets a so headache a, if he tries to attack a human. So yeah, this so is solidly the, group the by season five, reluctantly right. as the like. I just like to beat things up, so I'll beat up demons with you. Also, I'm falling in love with Buffy. 
Yeah, so he's he's got a crush on Bashi. I would say this is solidly the uh, Spike is the uh, comedy relief character now, but he becomes a romantic interest to Buffy later. Hell yeah. Uh, Cordelia goes on to be on Angel season one after so season three. Gone. So he kind of replaces, they needed a character to come say like, you guys are all stupid. You're all going to die. So Spike was that <laughs> character to replace Cordelia. I would love to be that character. I, there's multiple um, episodes where they're like, Spike, do you know where this is? Cause we need to figure out this or we're going to get in trouble. And he's like, okay, no, I don't, but I'm going to go look for that person and try to help them. Cause you guys keep forgetting yeah. that I am a vampire and I do not like any of you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. That's a hilarious thing is like every once in a while I'd be like, I don't care about any of you. Uh, I'm just kind of here, <laughs> but, uh, so season four, uh, season four, big bad Adam. He's this giant Frankenstein monster put together from a bunch of different monster parts. So he has like all these interesting. It's kind of like a super monster. He has all these different powers. Uh, yeah, he's got he like gets taken the down pretty easily. This demon and the eyes of this demon. You know. Yeah. So he's, and his thing he is he goes out like children. a chump. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's got. Yeah. He's like a science analytical brain. Um, not that interesting of a big bad for me, and that's why I think this season's a little weaker. Uh, Season five, I think, is the best season, and we'll get into that right now. Um, so season five introduces the new character of Dawn, Buffy's little sister who we've literally never seen before or have had mentioned before. Are you confused by that, Colin? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you because there's actually a really good explanation for it. See, Dawn was created by these monks. She's actually like this ball of energy, which is the key, which is what Glory, the hell god, is trying to get to end the world. Uh, Oh, great. So these monks implanted memories in Buffy and her mom and everyone that Dawn has existed the whole time. So just imagine you start watching season five of Buffy. You're excited Uh, for the new season. All of a sudden, there's this new little sister character. And you're like, who the fuck is Dawn? Uh, And it doesn't get revealed. It's an amazing sitcom trope. The cousin Oliver of the Brady Bunch, you know, where they just introduce a kid and it's like, I've always been here. Yeah. They do the same thing on Angel around the same time where Angel exactly. gets so a son. And the son each show is has all a, of a sudden a like 13 annoying or 14. little character. Uh, yeah, each show great. has their own annoying little kid character. I, I actually don't mind Don at all. Connor is the fucking worst. And he's played by Vincent Carthizer, Pete Campbell from oh, Mad Men as like scarecrow. a, as like a teen. He's like this edgy teen who hates his dad. It gets old really fast, but, um, but Don is just like a cute little sister who has a very little sister, big sister dynamic with Buffy until she overhears that she's not a real person and that she's oh just, God. and then this, she this essentially has, an has been protected by the slayer and she tries to kill yeah, herself she, by slitting her wrists she has an existential breakdown because she's told that she's not a real person and that she was just created out of a ball of energy i think anyone would kind of be freaked out by that right so she cut her wrists and says is this blood am i real (laughs) like yeah so that's when you see the tone shift kind of of the whole show which i think definitely ramps up in season five this whole time our 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 you know the real big bad Jossie boy. He's he's still like in the writers' room. So he's he, like the, the head of all this. Yeah, he was the showrunner 
from seasons one to five, season six and seven, uh, a writer took over as a showrunner because he had, at the same time, he had Angel going on, he had Firefly going on, and he had this. So he's kind of spreading his, his uh. talents out a little bit. Firefly obviously got canceled after one season, uh, but he was definitely was, more um, focused on other projects. Marty Knox is a name you'll start to see everywhere. Yes. Um, Interesting. Who I... Think uh, don't quote me, but I think was one of the people that he allegedly had a relationship with. Because um, mm. re- remember, before everyone outed him as being a really bad guy, his ex-wife was like, "Hey, he's a really bad guy." Um, yeah, he's cheating yeah. on me. Yeah, all and the I, time. you know, again, like, don't quote me, but I, I so, think that they were one of the people that he was allegedly okay. in a relationship with. Yeah, the she room- takes over as showrunner in season six and seven. Yeah. Oh, interesting. The, but this room is also popular with like Jed Whedon and like Brian Whedon, right? Like there's other I'm people I'm not sure around. about that, but there are a lot oh, okay. of um, kind of Joss Whedon protégés that come out of this show. The guy that directed uh, uh, Drew Goddard, the guy that directed Goddard, uh, Tr- yeah. uh, oh. Cabin in the Woods, Stephen he S. DeKnight. Uh, oh. Yeah, those guys did a lot more on Angel. Like they, they kind of yeah. started being big towards the end of Buffy and went to Angel and did – Again, like Angel's got some, you know, they have like the the vampire hunter from the streets, the ex watcher who's now like a badass demon hunter, and the oracle, Wesley. and the the demon with or the you know the vampire with a soul. So like, yeah. by the time you get to Angel, it really is the fucking Avengers. Like, it's not. Wow. One of we should talk about Wesley really buddies. quick too. Oh yeah. So I, Wesley, Wesley Wyndham Price Ooh, love that is uh, Wyndham Price. Basically Faith's watcher. So he's a younger watcher. He's kind of just out of training. He's very by the book to the point where it's annoying and people don't like him. He's very he's like uptight up and, and buffy. Yeah. And he's very scared of yeah. everything. He's very spooked. But then but after not too spooked failing, to sleep with a high schooler. <laughs> yeah, he's in love with Cordelia and Buffy, which is weird because they become main characters in Angel, but uh so, weird. So Wesley is Faith's Watcher. Faith obviously turns evil. So after f- his failure with Faith, he gets fired by the Watchers he- and he becomes a rogue demon hunter and goes to LA and teams up with Angel and Cordelia and they have a grand old time. And he's another character like Cordelia who has a completely different arc and becomes like a very different character on Angel. Oh, he, he, so he uncovers a prophecy that Angel's kid is going to, uh, ruin the world or like blow up the world basically. And he tries to like kill that baby or take that baby away. And, um, he gets his throat slit and left for dead. And then like comes back the next season as an angel's like entirely different (laughs) badass character. Who's like, you know, he's got like a device up his sleeve that like, he goes like this and you know, a knife comes out. Like he's, he's balls to the wall. He really comes into his own woman in a cage who he's like torturing (laughs) for information. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. At one point, angel gets, uh, locked in a metal box by his son and dumped in to the ocean. And he just has to live in the ocean for a while. Um, that show gets, gets nuts. Um, but Sounds so like. season five of Buffy, right? So this, what I like about this season is the thematic, uh, and this is true for most of the seasons, but the, how all the thematic elements come together to serve the main theme of Buffy and her family, her sister, uh, their familial bond. And a big thing happens, which is a huge spoiler. I just want to warn you guys again, but Buffy's mom 
dies, right? And she doesn't get killed by a monster or vampire. She gets brain cancer and just dies very unexpectedly. And which leads to, you know, obviously a big uh, moment for Buffy, which strengthens the bond between Buffy and Dawn. Uh, but it's very much like a coming of age, like, oh, you're like in charge now, Buffy, because you got to take care of the, your younger sister. You've got all these responsibilities now. Yeah. You got to get a job. Uh, and she has to drop out uh, of college. I mean, this is the real turning point. Um, yeah. And like, I just, the body is like another episode. I don't want to dwell on it too long because there's so many episodes that we could dwell on so long, but phenomenal episode of television. There's no music in it. Uh, it's all just the silence of this girl realizing that she couldn't stop this from happening. There's no way she could have stopped this from happening. Uh, and all of her friends getting really great character moments to, to cope with the death. Um, it's it's just yeah. a, a really excellent episode of television. It's kind of ruined in the last moment where like, oh, there's a vampire right at the end. Other they than have that, to throw there's in a no little, monster. Yeah. It's, they just needed that one moment. You know? yeah. yeah, like it had to what's get great is it's coming through. off of it's coming off of a very lighthearted kind of comedic episode uh, about robots and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then she comes home and she's like in a great mood, and then she the cliffhanger of the episode before that is she finds her mom dead on the couch and that's where that episode ends. The next episode starts, it replays that whole scene and it's just like a real time lingering on Buffy as she like calls nine one one and does all this stuff. And it's, it's, it's a, incredible a knockout God. performance from Sarah Michelle Geller too. Like, yeah. It is and if people say she can't act like, yeah, watch episode. that episode. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, so that, you know, that changes the whole tone. Also, there's kind of a question that never really gets answered of like, remember, Dawn was a key that this, this, this goddess needs. Um, and they implanted fake memories into everyone's brains. So was it the fake memories of Dawn that caused this brain cancer? Like that kind of thing that's like never really fully answered, but just kind of like lingering in the background. Um, yeah. So at the end and of season Dawn, five, it's a big showdown between Buffy and Glory the Goddess, and uh, Buffy dies again, second time, second death. Wait, this one is a little seasons, more deaths, uh, longer lasting. So she died at the end of the first season for a few minutes. This time she dies and is buried for like months at a time. Oh Willow, of course. Uh, so it's going into season six, right? That's the season five cliffhanger. Buffy is dead. Um, so, over this time, you know, Willow has been uh, studying her magic, getting to be much more powerful. She's kind of like, everyone's kind of saying like, oh, she's like the most powerful magic user like we've seen in like a long time. She's like the super powerful witch now. It's uh, dangerous. The yeah. way magic well, works so, in this universe, it's like addictive. It's like drugs. You know, like the yeah. more you do it, the crazier you are with it. So, so magic started out as an analogy for Willow being a lesbian. Now in season six, it is an analogy for drugs. And it's very on the nose uh, and a little silly. You're but using <laughs> again, aren't you, Willow? Literally, yeah, literally. What choice literally. do I have? Yeah. yeah. It was like, just a little bit, like, baby. Stop Come using on. magic. You're an addict. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but so all her friends decide to bring Buffy back from the dead using Willow's magic. And the whole theme of the sixth season is that they think that she, for some reason, Buffy is in hell. Uh, yeah. She comes that back they are and she's like depressed. Hell dimension. That's yeah. What they she think. comes back. She's depressed for a while. And she realizes like, Oh, I was in heaven. You guys brought me back from heaven. I was content. I didn't want to be brought back. <laughs> That's great. So she gets dragged back into the mortal plane. 
uh, and it kind of shadows over everything in the sixth season. She's like depressed the whole time. She's in this toxic relationship with with Spike. So this where is when she starts sex. fucking Spike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She knows she's kind of using him. He's uh, he knows to that too, but he doesn't care because he's just in love not, with her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also you know, culminates. This is a heavy season. Yeah, very much. And the Spike Buffy relationship is interesting. It's like I said, it's a toxic relationship. They're kind of using each other. Buffy is kind of just doing everything that she knows is bad for her as a way of like coping with with this existential disp- depression that she has now. But it culminates with, and this is really crazy. Spike tries to rape Buffy. Oh my god, I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, and it is intense. And it's kind of like I don't know if it totally works. Like it's a little too uh disturbing, I think, for TV. That's a big move. Um you, and it's you hard see to read deep spike after that. On screen too. Like it's not yeah. like this and is that implied. Is the- it's it happens. And th- this whole time, Spike is still a vampire without a soul. He's still evil. Uh, so that's kind of how they explain it. But that is the catalyst for him going off on a quest to get his soul back. Uh, yeah. And in season so he, seven, well, he has a soul. leaves after the, the attempted rape. And then, but season seven, we're on the last one, huh? Yeah. But to, so, to go so back to season leaves. six. Yeah, we're back at season six. Because you can't talk about season six. You can't oh, talk okay. about Buffy without Once More with Phelan. Uh, the the Another Buffy musical classic episode yeah, yeah. amazing so uh, like hush a monster high of the week are doing it still like it it has a, a totally. story that goes on for scrubs scrubs yeah, oh. did it I mean it's at the present and like honestly it hasn't been topped in my opinion like like it is the best episode musical of any television show uh, scrubs isn't bad but like. I don't know. They just do it right. Like they 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 have a whole no, I agree. They just play it right. And let me rest in peace. Let me rest in peace. Let me get some sleep. Let me take my love and bury it in hole six foot deep. I can lay my body down, but I can't find my sweet relief. The music is really catchy and good, and like Joss Whedon wrote the the music which is like something he never did before and that's kind of led obviously to dr horrible um so yeah it's a really good episode and it again it's a it's a monster of the week that pushes the story forward we get willow and tara's relationship not going that well because willow is like too controlling and is like using her magic to make like tara forget things and stuff like that yeah um but and you get so yeah Buffy has to reveal in front of everyone that like, hey, you guys took me she out was of heaven. heaven. I thought I was in I was in heaven, and you guys brought me back here, and now I live in hell. Like this is awful for me. And Spike's yeah. like, yeah, I get that. That's awful. But like, you gotta you gotta keep going. You gotta keep going because I am a vampire, and we both can't be like this. So like, you have to you have to keep living. So one of us is living is kind of the the theme there, right? Um. So then in season six, obviously the big bad is the trio, the nerds that you mentioned earlier. And this is kind of the, what I think is the weakest part of season six, because it's such a heavy, dark season. Yet the big bad is like the most comedic big bad that we've had, like the weakest big bad. And, but I do think they're interesting because they're a totally a takedown of toxic nerd masculinity, which again, look at who's writing this 
it kind of makes it interesting mm. uh, because he's kind of you know the king of toxic nerd masculinity. But that's essentially what they are. They're they're misogynist nerds, especially their leader. They feel like they can uh, date Buffy, right? Like they deserve Buffy as like their their end game, right? No, they want to. No, they all have different. They're just basically they which, they're a couple nerds and they team up and they're like, you want to be super villains. Yeah, let's be supervillains. Yeah, and that they're straight up saying it's a good that. Like, they want to be supervillains. And every one of them uh, we've seen previously. So Warren, the yeah, leader. Yes, so we have Jonathan. Um, yeah. Warren, the leader, created He's the robot robots. guy. <laughs> he makes robots. Robo Buffy is a thing. Yeah. Um, Jonathan is uh, into a reoccurring magic, character a that we've seen. character who is going to kill himself uh, in a previous season. And we thought he was going to be a school shooter because uh, he was going up to a bell tower with oh a God. sniper rifle. But no, he was just going up there to kill himself. Uh, and he also has a great episode where he's he basically uses magic to make himself like the most popular guy in town. Yeah, uh, that's a good one too. But and he's like uh, a and then secret we have, agent. He's he's the coolest. And then yeah. I can't remember what is the last. We have guy's Andrew, name? which is the one. Andrew, we, yes. You don't see him before in the show, but uh, he's he's kind he of the he younger can brother monsters. of an older yeah. brother of an of a character who was in previous seasons. Yeah, they they yeah, conjure animals. They conjure. So, you so have they a demonologist, up, a witch boy, and a science guy, and a science guy. They team up. They're like, we're gonna uh, be super villains. Buffy's gonna be our our uh, nemesis, and we're just gonna do crimes and stuff and make crazy inventions. They, they make a freeze the gun at one point, and it like freezes yeah. a guard at a museum. They turn Buffy like invisible. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but over time, Sounds so dumb. They just do like it starts shit. out very lighthearted. They're almost the comedic relief of the season. And then it takes a turn and you find out that their leader, Warren, is a little darker than the other two. He's like a straight up just misogynist, bad person. Uh, they accidentally kill his ex-girlfriend and try to cover up her, her body and try to make Buffy think that she killed her by accident. And then it just really takes a turn and it ends with Warren uh, killing Tara, Willow's uh, girlfriend. By accident, he's actually trying to kill Buffy, but... She's and the way he does a- it, Colin, is he just walks up and says, you think you can do that? You think you can treat me like that? Well, guess what? And pulls out a gun and just starts shooting. Just a gun. Just oh a God. pistol. That's like, yeah. <laughs> it, the stakes are, you know, like, it, it just like a comic book. Like, it doesn't always have to be magic. It doesn't always have to be demons. Like, sometimes it is just like a madman with a gun. Right. Sometimes it's just brain cancer. Sometimes it's just, yeah, a madman oh with a gun. God. And those are the harsh realities of life. So they take a dark turn. Willow, uh, in her grief, uh, basically lets the magic overpower. And that's where we get Dark Willow, who is so powerful, she's going to destroy the entire world because she is uh, sad that her girlfriend died. And you get Xander saving the day because love conquers all. Um Oh, he doesn't kiss her, does he? No, they're no, a platonic. He's just like, hey, oh, I, I love, God. Yeah, I I love you. Say. And, uh, you know, I forgive you. So, like, let's just go back to normal. Uh, so that's the end of season but six. Willow then, straight up murders uh, Warren by ripping his skin off. So oh, that's yeah, pretty she cool. She says, you know, have you ever heard any pop culture references to bored now? You're just saying bored now and then walking bored away. now. Yeah. So that's like that's a, what uh, evil Willow said in the yeah, alternate universe. When Willow is evil, she says bored now and then does something extremely cool. violent. Um, 
So that that's the yeah. end of season six. Uh, and we're heading into the final season and what they know is going to be the final season. This is okay. not, uh, you know, it's, well, I don't it's know not if they knew in... because uh, a lot of the cast was surprised because they thought they were going to get a season eight. And then uh, I guess Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't want to come back. And so a lot of the cast, like I know Allison Hannigan had kind of a falling out for a while because they kind of got notified last oh. minute that there wasn't going to be a season eight. Oh, I thought they knew. But I, I think they, they made going in. They made the season as if it could be the final season, but it didn't need to be, I think. Mm. Um, okay, yeah. So we, we open up with this season and Willow is away. And she is like basically went to rehab with Giles, who's going to like teach her how to like use her magic and stuff. Uh, and then this season is a very series finale. It's the, the, the big bad is the big bad. The, the first, first evil. evil. And okay. the, it gets the coolest scene, the intro scene to the first evil. It uh, basically can take any form of like a dead person, but they have to be dead. So what oh. it does is it appears as the first uh, big bad, the master, and then morphs. It has this monologue where it's morphing into each successive big bad from each season. Super cool scene. Uh, and, very fun. Very meta. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. But overall, I think it's season seven is one of the weakest seasons. Um, they're kind of like spinning their wheels at this point. They don't have like a, a lot more to say, but there's a whole, they're kind of expanding the universe with the potentials. Basically, the first is trying to hunt down all the potential slayers. Like if Buffy were to die, one of these girls would get called up to be the slayer. He's, and Jacob, uh, that, have you finished it? Do you know what happens? No, I'm about halfway through season seven, so okay. uh, pretty interesting. I kind and of you said Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion kind of takes on the it. human form eventually, but basically, it can it can turn into anything that's a that's yeah. a dead person, right? Yeah, mm. and Nathan Fillion is sort of you know like in previous seasons, like the physical thing to fight. Um, yeah, which, you know, he's I coming off earlier, you know, Firefly getting canceled. Like he does, uh, you know, he takes. Xander's eye. He literally just puts his yeah, hand cool. in his face and takes his eye. I know Buffy gets so a cool a, scythe at the end. Uh, but yeah, Nathan Fillion coming scythe? off of Firefly <laughs> having been canceled. Joss Whedon's like, yeah, let me get Nathan Fillion in here. That guy's cool. Uh, yeah. But overall, I don't like the potential storyline that much because the whole point of Buffy was that she was the chosen one. There's one Slayer and now there's all these potentials. It just feels like they're you know, kind of expanding the lore too much uh, so that the chosen one isn't really that special anymore. Um, I, but you get a lot yeah. of interesting. I mean, I think that's kind of the point, though, Jacob, is you're supposed to, as a teenage girl, like realize <laughs> that you have the potential to be Buffy, too, that you don't need to be I like that. just the, the Slayer. <laughs> no, there's like, only one. There's only one Slayer. But okay, uh, you, you guys, this is beautiful. Good. She's blonde, and her name is Sarah. <laughs> Look, if, if but you don't have midichlorians Technically, in there's blood, two because there's the Faith, slayer. but... Um, yeah. Um, so technically, there's there's three or four throughout. Um, well, there, in, in so when Buffy died episodes. the first time, and this is kind of funny because I don't know if this was a, a plot hole, but Buffy died the first time. That's what brought on uh, the first replacement Slayer, which I totally forget her name. She was cool, but then she dies, and then Faith comes basically because the other Slayer died. So there's two working Slayers now, Faith and Buffy, but Buffy also dies in season five. So why was there not another Slayer called up? I can't remember. I think that's a plot hole, but it could uh, be. It could be. I've seen this show. But anyways, now we find so out that all these potentials. Yeah, and and some of them being uh, Felicia Day is one of them. Uh, oh, cool. Another one is Lalane from 
the Lizzie McGuire show. If you ever watch oh, that, Lizzie cool. McGuire's friend, yeah. uh, she hangs herself because uh, the first convinces her to hang herself. The That's first the episode people is so many people. Yeah, so many people in Buffy kill themselves. <laughs> Why is it's a, that? It's a dark show. It's a dark show. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, in terms of endings, I don't like it as much as I like Angels, which is ironic because Angels is at the time was considered a cliffhanger, but I think it's like the greatest way to end a TV show ever. Um, right. So, so, but, but wrapping up season seven here, the, the final season of Buffy, uh, there's the big bad. I'm not going to say how they do it, but they take down the big bad. Obviously you didn't think Buffy's going to lose her last fight no. here. Uh, I think I know a little that- bit about what happens. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it vague enough because we've gone through way too over describing seasons of the show. If you've seen it, you yeah, don't need to hear us rehash it. it. And if you haven't, I don't want to spoil the very ending. But uh, Jacob, this is good for you to know. Um, there are a lot of comics that continue the universe, but I know you're not totally. much of a comic book guy. There is a motion comic of season eight that is just kind of, hey, this is immediately what follows. It is canon right. and that that is what they wanted to do and boy oh boy does it explain why it's like yep it, it was a comic book <laughs> it, it, it right. just was well, a comic book here's my opinion I, i've read the plot summary kind of of some of these so season 8 through 12 was all done in the comics um wow yeah and it really expands the lore there's there's teams of slayers and watchers all over the world now vampires are a known thing they're like in the public uh but i read some of the plot there's no way around it insane other stuff that is happening because you got to think angel is canon in this world too and if you like the cliffhanger at the end of angel season five i think is how many it got i know about that that like the you know all of the evils of hell are rising into los angeles and they're gonna have to fight Literally, I think the last line is Angel looking up and saying, "Well, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm gonna slay that dragon. I've always wanted to kill a dragon. So, like, obviously, like, yeah. you know, the world wouldn't be like vampires. That's crazy. It'd be like, nah, motherfucker. I know. I saw a dragon when I was living in you know Van Nuys. So, right. Well, you know, I've like I said, I've read some of the plot of these comics. I'm interested in checking them out, but let's say I'm I'm skeptical about how much I'm going to like them. Some of the details sound insane. Like, uh, what I think you know, you would Dawn like and more. Xander are in a relationship. Uh, Giles is, dies and comes back is reincarnated as like a kid. All this insane stuff starts happening, but, and this is all like, yeah, like that's not immediately. Immediately. It's pretty, you right. know, like, like the season eight, I think is like interesting enough, but you can see like, Oh, okay. This is definitely going into like, it's a Marvel universe. It's a, it's a comic book. Um, yeah. What I think you would think is more interesting is they just rebooted it in the comics. So there's oh. a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic. Right. It is not a continuation. It is just inspired so it's by just a reboot. the yeah. show. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, great art. The art is from the guy who's doing the Batman 1989 comic, which is happening right now. Um, Joe, Joe, Jose Casados, I think is his name. Um but yeah, like like I think you'd be way more into that. It's it's way more like the Archie books kind of slice of life with the vampire element. The season totally. eight and and Angel also has a million comics as well. But those, it, yeah. By the time you get to those, I mean it is like okay, so the Avengers are doing this and the new Avengers are doing this, but you also have to read the Xander spinoff where he's in Manhattan and right. he's fighting Doc Ock. Like and I know there's a lot of spinoffs. Like there's like. There's Angel and Faith spinoff. There's like a million different like Willow spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I was I was watching these at a pretty good pace for the last you know since April. I kind of stopped watching them for a while because I don't know about you guys, but when I get to the end of a show that I'm like watching, like I don't want to finish it, so I just stop watching it's episodes. Hard. And also, so I'm watching Angel concurrently. Angel season four, I'm really like not that into, so I was kind of struggling to get through them. Just with the, there's too much Connor, and uh, I mean I'll get to it eventually. And I know season five Spike comes in, and that's going to be fun. Um, so eventually I will finish them, uh, which I'm very excited to do. Seasons one and four of Angel are the worst. Um, but like yeah. five is five is pretty fun. It's just a different show by that point. They're, you know, they're running. Know he kind of, he takes him, over. So. Um, yeah, he takes over Wolfram and Hart and yeah. Spike comes in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's a soft reboot to the point of it was kind of around the time where my parents were splitting up and I was like in like my mom's like third house that she had moved to. And to drown it out, I would just turn on WB and watch it from eight to, you know, eight forty five or nine or whatever it was. And I, I, I never watched Buffy, like I said, or a season of Angel before, but I'd be like, yeah, like Joe said, yeah, the puppet episode. Yeah. This'll well, get me through the turmoil time. of my life. Sure. Yeah. Um, I want to yeah talk about Angel briefly. So the spinoff happened uh, after Buffy season three. Angel basically their relationship comes to a head. They realize okay, Angel just needs to leave town because they're never going to be able to be in the same area and not be in love. So he moves to L.A. He starts out basically as Batman, just saving people, kind of <laughs> low key. Eventually, Brooding, like you said, they become sad. the yeah. Eventually, they become the Avengers, and there's all those cool characters that you mentioned. Cool I'm question, 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 question. Colin, they're the heroes for hire. Like they're, I love you know, that. Cord- Cordelia is always. You said like, it's like a detective. How are we going to pay bills? Yeah, yeah. They. <laughs> yeah, it's the Angel Investigations that is their, but mm-hmm. company. In this spinoff, or through the circumstances of what you just said, Jacob, of we love each other too much, we have to go. Is he still under the requirements of if he ever feels a good thing, it's yes. game over? So he the can whole never run of Angel. Yeah, oh, that's his eternal curse. Where he gets, what a uh, character! There's an episode where someone slips him E, and he <laughs> goes evil. And he until momentarily, it yeah, off. yeah, that's hilarious. But part of his curse is he's he's a sad boy. He can never have sex. He can never the get intimate with sad anyone. Boy. Yeah. yeah. What a character <laughs> to come up with. It really is interesting. And I I'm I'm bashing you with this both of you right now. Go for it. Who are you for? Are you Spike Spuffy or, are or you Angel? Angel or Rye Buffy? If you're Team I, Riley, I don't think anyone's you know, Team Riley. In, but I, I think I fucking am. I think I am Team. Your yeah, team, team Riley Buffy should be alone. Is really what I am. <laughs> like that's ultimately, I I agree yeah. with you there. I mean, wow. Buffy and Angel kind of had the perfect relationship, except for that one ironic thing. Uh, Spike and Buffy very controversial at the time. Even there's a lot of very um, you know people that are very into Spike, but ultimately it was not the a healthy rape. relationship. <laughs> I don't think God, she ever loved him for me. the way that he wanted her no. to love him. And like, even at the, you know, like they, there is a resolve where like, you know, she, she does say it. She does say, I love you. And he's, oh yeah. Nobody, like, and he says no, like, uh, but thanks. No, you don't, but thanks for saying it anyways. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right before he sacrifices like, himself. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like watching all of, everything play out like i think they're really interesting relationships but ultimately gun to my head like 
the only one she would have the the only one that was a good match was Riley, who was a human who respected that you like to do these things. Um, but like it, it was too normal. He wasn't a million. I think years Angel older. was a good match. I'm I'm more on the the Angel, and I think even Sarah Michelle Geller has basically said this in interviews. Angel was like her one true love. She was mm. never really on board for the Spike relationship. That's kind of like in Joss Whedon wasn't either but he saw the potential for like an interesting storyline but it was just basically fan demand uh which is interesting and they kind of had a friends with benefits that turns into a toxic unhealthy relationship ultimately not good for either of them but it does lead spike to go on a quest to get a soul back and become a better person so i like that angle of it there's one episode of angel ironically oh i'm sorry ironically uh Angel does end up with Cordelia for a minute. They have a will they, won't they? Yeah, moment. he realizes so he's like, in love with Cordelia. Uh, but then Connor also uh, has sex with Cordelia at one point. His son, which I is insane. Hear yeah. this, but I do uh, refuse that. <laughs> let me let me ask this yeah. real quick. Taking the Buffy out of it, performance wise between the two, David Boreanaz uh, as Angel. David Boreanaz has gotten to do Bones, Bones, some sort of gun show afterwards. Probably. James Marsden as Spike. Has James Marsden gotten to do anything else? Uh, James Marsden. Most people have Marston, had sorry. healthy uh, guest appearances on similar shows. Like almost yeah, everyone okay. the on thing Buffy that, has appeared on Supernatural at one point. I mean, Spike and Cordelia were married to each other in one episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing that'll blow your mind about. James Marsters, the guy who plays Spike, not British. <laughs> He's an American. Oh, really? Yeah, when you hear him in interviews, oh. he has an American accent. And there's m- several oh. characters that play British people on the show that are not British. Uh, Wesley, He's very good. Alexis Denethoff is also not British. Uh, so, oh, kind yeah, of funny. I guess not. When I first Probably. saw an interview with him, I was like, wait. Spike's not British? That blew my mind. He, but, he plays um, Piccolo in the attempt at a Dragon Ball movie. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that's right. right. I've that's never right. seen that. Yeah. That's, I do that's know awful. that. He's got like He's green skin. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Crazy prosthetics. I, and I just remember being like, it's Spike. This it's, is so big. Spike the Piccolo. Uh, there's one moment in the show that I've had stuck in my head for weeks. Because I, I, finished, I finished my latest rewatch today. Um, wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll start Angel here in a minute, I'm sure. Um, but there's a moment in like, it's either like season four or season five. It's when, uh, Spike is the comic relief and like the government agent people see him and they're like, wait a minute, aren't you that fucking vampire that we're supposed to be hunting? And he's yeah, like, specimen oh, no. 129. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm, I'm just a friend of Xander's. And like, he tries to do like an American accent. He does it like a dumb yeah. cowboy. I've just been walking around it's my house good. and like friend of Xander's. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know why. Aww. I just think it's so fucking funny. It's great. And I honestly, Spike is one of my favorite characters. Just the amount of different kind of characters that he portrays while being the same character is kind of cool. Like David Boreanaz is not the strongest actor. I would say he fits the brooding angel well because he can do brooding, but he's not like, he doesn't have a tremendous range. I think uh, James Marsh is a much better actor. Um, but uh, yeah, Spike. <laughs> Did they all stick around too long? I mean, two to mm. seven with with Spike, and then he does. Spike kind of comes and goes. Angel, he's he's he's, that all he's just in. Sounds it. like a lot. Yeah, Spike is in the second. He kind of leaves for the third, comes back in the fourth, and is kind of around okay. off and on until he becomes. He, basically, they bring him back because he was so popular, and that's when he kind of becomes 
a love interest of Buffy. So there's one one Angel episode I wanted to mention where it's the one episode where Buffy guest stars on, uh, and basically she comes to visit in L.A. They get this chance uh, to basically have a uh, a normal relationship where uh, they you know uh, Angel is not cursed anymore, but basically they have to give up their old life and they have this perfect day together. Uh, but then you know. Angel, being the brooding guy that he is, decides that he can't have the happy life because he's got to go back to living a life of penitence and uh, saving other people. So they have 24 hours together and they have a very emotional scene where Buffy's like, no, it's it's not enough time. And then she forgets everything. And it's a very, very sad episode. But that's the Angel-Buffy relationship Um, personified to me. um, So when I started hosting karaoke in college, I thought it was funny to do Mandy as my song. But what I would do is when I was performing Mandy, I would uh, just put whoever's name in was around the bar, right? Um, You guys remember this, uh, but the audience might not know that. Um, When I started watching Angel, it hits a point where – there's a karaoke bar and you have to sing for the demon to be able to like read your emotions or whatever. And Angel's songs are Barry Manilow songs. I was like, holy (laughs) shit, that's hilarious. Amazing. I I had never listened to like Barry Manilow regularly. I just knew that that name, I just knew Mandy. And then uh, in this random episode of Angel, he was doing Mandy. So I was like, that's, that's hilarious. Now I'm going to yeah. ask you guys a question here as as Buffy experts and I think this is a good one to lead into before we jump into our final thoughts but if someone has dove in headfirst enough into the Buffy universe do you guys recommend following the split and doing one of these online things that people have done where it's like well this episode of Angel corresponds to this episode of Buffy Yeah so what I what I did I don't know about you Joe um what I've been doing is when Angel starts in season four of Buffy, I watch one episode of Buffy, one episode of Angel, one episode of Buffy, and I just do that. And that way you get all the crossovers. There's not that many crossovers, but there are a couple. Uh, and it just kind of makes it more uh, kind of cool to see how they connect to each other at times. It up. You don't have to do it that way, though. Here's, and so the first time I did it, I just did Buffy, and then I just did Angel. Um, and then I have done a watch like Jacob did. But now every time I've done it since, I just do one or the other. I watched Angel earlier this okay. year without watching Buffy, and then I watched Buffy uh, mm. now. Um, I like it, but the problem is with streaming apps is like, if you're someone like me who you're going to watch, you know, you're going to work for eight hours and you're going to have the TV on and you're going to have it on in the background if you're not in a meeting. Um it, it's a pain in the ass to switch every episode, right? Like you're not going to want to like, right, go right. into the app and like change. If you're over binging every them, episode. yeah, um, you need like a Netflix shuffle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For this watch through, because I was it was my first time, I literally would like watch an episode a day or something like that. So I wasn't binging mm. in the way of like having it on while I was working. I have other shows that I do that for, but because I wanted to pay attention since I hadn't seen anything before. Yeah, so well, this is a show Angel. I've seen so I, many times that like I'm not doing it like that totally, but it, totally it is worth it like there are episodes where you know oh spike stole this ring that makes you immortal oh he took it to la this week on angel <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like there are those <laughs> those types of crossovers here's what i'll say about angel because we didn't talk about the show angel that much um i do like it i think it's very hit or miss i think buffy is a better show for sure um but i like angel 
It's just there's some season, like in season four where I'm watching now, it's kind of becomes a slog at times. And there's a lot of weird family stuff with Angel and his son. And they're both being in love with Cordelia now. And it's just like, what is going on? The highs of Angel are as high as the highs of Buffy, but the lows are way lower. Mm. I agree with that. Um, I do like the supporting cast. There's some interesting stuff going on. There's Wolfram and Hart, which is like the evil... Uh, law company that that are lawyers for demons and stuff. If they need a, a lawyer, <laughs> um, God, God damn you! Just there's a mean? whole demon underworld in Los Angeles that we find out, and yeah. it's it's very. That, that, uh, that's I believe cool. it. I live here, and I like that. You know, I do. I <laughs> yeah. do like that about it. Like he 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 becomes the bar- bodyguard for a celebrity at one point, uh, and that is the person who slips him e. So like there is like some LA, you know, there's like a tech guy who's super rich, but like totally. just wants to hang out, play D and D. That's why uh, Cordelia first moves to LA because she wants to become an actress. Uh, <laughs> but she's actually, the joke is that she's like a really bad actress. And so she can't get jobs. So she starts working with Angel. No, the irony is, is she gets a show, but then the showrunner says, you can't be on this anymore because you're pregnant. Yeah, I know you're pregnant, but lose 15 pounds. Well, that has been a lot of Buffy questions. I say, let's jump now to our final thoughts on the entire franchise talking Buffy the Vampire Slayer when we come back on Normies Like Us. We're back. You've been listening to a couple of masters talking about the Buffy franchise. And now we're going to give our final thoughts on uh, on an episode that I think is pretty close to all our hearts. I've been excited to track Jacob's progress watching it. Yeah. I feel like a clown <laughs> that I didn't dive in at the same time. This seems like a show you could really text about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but maybe I'll start it now. I don't know. Well, you know, I've been having a blast watching these. I've never seen it before, and it's just been great. And uh, I've been waiting to do this episode for a long time. I had a lot to say. Joe had a lot to say. Hopefully, we weren't too rambly or all over the place. I just, you know, it's a fun show to talk about. So, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun. Hell yeah, man. Buffy is the blueprint. Um, it is the show it really that inspired is. all of the shows that I like. Turns it's a out. show that feels like a comic book, which I like. Uh, there's a lot to like and love about Buffy. There's a diehard community. Uh, just because Joss Whedon is that guy doesn't mean that this universe isn't valid. Doesn't mean that these characters aren't valid. You know, to me, it's a lot different when it's a movie than it is like an artist, you know, like, like Joss Whedon wasn't R Kelly out there doing this by himself. This is Sarah Michelle. Yeah. Geller. This is Alison Hannigan. Hundreds Jesus of people worked on these episodes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm a big fan of it. I, I, I love the show supernatural, which wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this. I love totally, uh, the whole genre, man. And I, I'm so glad to, to get to talk about it. And if, if you've slept on this because you thought it was silly, embrace that. It's silly. I bet you it'll, still make you cry sometimes yeah and you know about joss whedon as much as you know he's not a great person he is a talented writer and i have to give him credit for that i do like uh the things that he's made and it's it is funny or not funny but 
interesting that you know they used to have literally it was called Whedon Con and it was all Whedon properties and all the the actors would come back to do panels and stuff. That's probably not going to be happening anytime soon again, but um it, it it really was the blueprint, like you said. I used to be an avid Flash watcher, the the Flash TV show, and all I could think while watching Buffy is like, this is like the Flash, but like way better, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, you just got to give respect. That's a compliment to the OG Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Perfect what for I think spooky I'm season. Do. Perfect for spooky season. It's on Hulu Ween. It was a, mm. a, a prime, you know, offer up for Hulu saying, watch it this season. I said, oh, okay. okay. Here's what I'm going to do. The same thing where I did with Star Trek, where I kind of find my little angle. I find my little in. I consume as much as I can. And then if I'm not liking it or whatever, because it's so important to pop culture, I'll just read and read and read. I'll do what Jacob's kind of done with like episode synopsises or the comics and stuff too, because I just like doing that in my free time. Yeah. But what I think I'm going to choose, I'm curious what you two think about this. I think I'm going to watch season three, the mayor season, so I can see all the faith stuff, because I love Eliza oh, Dushku. Yeah. That I is the, the perfect season stuff- to watch. Really? And do you think standalone, I could just do it itself, you know, or just well, start if you from really there and wanted, keep going if I want? I mean, I, mean, my I would last almost rewatch, watch season... My yeah. last rewatch, I started at the season finale of season two. Um, that yeah. is where I started my last rewatch. Okay, personally, I would start at the beginning of season two and watch... Because I think season two and three work really well together. And then you mm-hmm. get Spike and Drusilla, you get Angelus in season two, and that stuff is really interesting. And that leads into season three with Faith. And That's Faith a lot. Is a great, you do need all that stuff. But you need it's a, a good lot show, of that Spike though, and Angel, probably. I know? think, yeah, season you, two and three... I would argue you, you know it, though. Like, you've watched me watch enough of that in college that, like... I feel like if you were just going to jump in, I mean, honestly, you could probably even just start at season three because there will be a recap that tells you what just happened. True. I think the best Buffy Angel stuff is in season two. By season three, uh, Angel doesn't have a lot to do on the show. They're kind of like spinning their wheels until the Angel spinoff starts. So he's just kind of there for a season. Um, but again, the, the faith stuff is great. She's a great foil for Buffy. And then she comes back on both Buffy and angel. Uh, there's a great body switching Mm. episode where they switch bodies. And so each actress is like playing the other character. Hilarious. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun stuff. All right. Well, that's been Buffy, the vampire slayer. Look slayers, listeners of this podcast. We hope you watch it. It's it's an older show, but we hope this was kind of worthwhile or maybe to our older listeners too who go like, oh my God, finally they're doing Buffy. This was in my wheelhouse. Um, hit us up at underscore nor- at normies underscore like underscore us, excuse me, and give us your thoughts on the Buffy franchise. If you did the alternating Buffy Angel, Buffy Angel, if you went right through you're a psycho who watched it backwards we want to know that too you sick fuck yeah and again and, uh, um, leave a like review and subscribe definitely check out our youtube normies like us channel uh we have video versions of every podcast you can see our beautiful faces and uh again as you can probably tell i was very excited to talk about this one hopefully we didn't over explain or <laughs> ramble too much i was just you know i had a blast watching it this year you got it out yeah you've been consuming it you got it out this was yeah. a big whatcha for us basically <laughs> i'm liking that totally totally so check it out normies and thanks for listening We've been your host. This is Colin Delia. I'm deciding that right now. Uh, Joseph. Very nice.
And this is Jacob, the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Stab. Stab. Bye. Mr. Pointy, right? Gotta give it up for him. Mr. Pointy. My name is Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. If you don't like, share, subscribe, or visit our YouTube, remember, I will kill you.